What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Today, this is going to be a, a, a milestone in the podcast in our podcast history. It's the Wiffle Below Zero podcast, and today we have a very, very special guest here, a a player in MLW and the WSEM, Wiffle and Southeast Michigan League. It is the one, the only, Caden Irwin. Caden, how are you doing today? Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, of course, man. So uh, let's just get right into it. So, Caden, I I probably know a couple of most of these questions that I'm going to ask, but just for the viewers that don't really know who you are, I'm just going to ask it. So here we go, right into it. So what league did you play in before MLW? Um, I played in a league called WSEM or Whistle in Southeast Michigan. It's a fast pitch slash mid pitch league. Um, I started playing in that league in 2019, um, and I hadn't really played competitive wiffle ball before that. Um, I played with my friends and stuff, but that's when I started competitive wiffle ball. Awesome, man! So, when did you find out about MLW? Um, I knew about it a decent while ago, probably like 2016. I saw all their stuff on YouTube. I watched I wasn't religious about watching it. I didn't watch it all the time, but I thought it was really cool. Then when I started playing competitive wiffle ball, I watched it all the time. Um, and then I kind of grew the um, all the love for the league. I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. So what was your favorite team before entering the league? Um, I didn't really have a favorite team. I had some favorite players. Um, of course, I liked Kyle being the league manager, mm-hmm. yeah. um, Tommy and Dan. I like Drew, um, just like their personalities that they played. Yeah. I didn't really have a favorite team at the time, just because I was playing with one. I didn't like root for a specific team, but mm-hmm. all the different players for what they, all their different aspects of the game that they brought. Yeah. Great answer. And I was about to just ask um, next, who was your favorite player? But you answered that. So thank you again. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what does your pitching arsenal really look like? Um, so for MLW, um, my number one or go-to pitch is probably my drop or screwball, however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably the easiest pitch for me to throw for a strike, um, and it's tough to hit. Uh, I've We've kind of seen it this year even farther, um, how many people have been using the two-seam kind of drop ball or fastball, however you yeah. want to call it. Um, and I've kind of had that my entire career. I just had pitched that much and used mm-hmm. it a ton so it's kind of starting to resurface and everybody's using it now because you're able to throw it a little bit harder at least it seems yeah yeah uh so that's probably my number one pitch uh i do have a riser don't like to throw it a lot just because a lot of people hit risers well mm-hmm. um, and i think that that's just a really last minute like mix of a pitch to throw i do have a slider um that's probably my go-to second pitch to kind of throw off people um and then i have like a change up that i'll throw both pitches with i'll just throw them a little bit slower just to kind of throw off the timing and i do kind of like nestor cortez for the yankees i mix (laughs) up my windups every once in a while yeah it's definitely a great a great strategy yeah to try to throw off the timing of the hitter you know you gotta keep them on their toes um and i learned that my first year in WSEM, a lot of our pitchers did that, so it's kind of where I picked up on mm-hmm. it. 
And then finally, I do throw a knuckleball. It is very rare, um, but I will throw a knuckleball every once in a while. Mm. It's not normally with two strikes because I feel like people would sit on it too much. So I try to mix it in at random times. It does not matter when it is. Um, and then every once in a while, I'll try a, what Dallas Allen calls the banana ball. I mm-hmm. do know how to throw it, just not very hard. So that's like a 0.1% chance of me throwing that pitch, but it does happen every once in a while. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. I saw you, you're, you were kind of dominating on the mound over in Oklahoma during the game at sh- the Shangri-La Resort against the Gators, but. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But moving on, uh, when was the first time you ever played wiffle ball? Uh, I have a picture of me in my backyard when I was like two years old. I was holding the official wiffle ball bat, and you can see my dad lobbing me a wiffle ball, like the official one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've I've played baseball my entire life. Um, wiffle ball, I've played with my friends in my neighborhood for forever. So about two years old was probably the first time I like swung a wiffle ball bat with my dad in the backyard. So I would say probably two would be my first time ever playing wiffle ball, I guess you could say. Okay, okay. Great answer, great answer. I mean, for me, being born into a baseball family, really, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, like all the time you're always outside playing wiffle ball. But did you ever play any other sports? Uh, so I play golf. I played college golf. I'm now graduated from college. Um, so I'm a retired golf athlete, but I did play basketball and baseball for a short stint in high school. Um, I played football for a little bit when I was younger. I mean, I played pretty much everything you can think of when I was little soccer, tennis, all that kind of stuff. Um, I never played hockey. I can't skate very well. So I'd fall on my face too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but um, yeah, good answer, good answer. Um, what are your best batting and or pitching tips? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so my best my best pitching tip is to always get ahead of the count. That goes for baseball too. When you get behind in the count and you're trying to attack a hitter, it's pretty easy to pick up on what you're going to throw or that you have to throw a strike. Um, if you get a strike early, so if you go 0-1 or if you even go 1-1, that's a huge win because now you're kind of in the driver's seat to play around a little bit. Um, and I think that's the most important thing. Um, and I would say for hitting, probably my goal this year was – sit on specific pitches that I knew were coming um, and scouting reports. So now you can't always do that. So the biggest thing for me was to be short the ball and use quick hands because obviously wiffle ball bats aren't very heavy. So all the special loading the bat and like making sure you crush it isn't necessarily the most important thing. Just making sure you get your hands to the ball quickly. Um, and if you are able to kind of have like a film session or like know what the pitcher is going to throw, those are really important too because then you can kind of get into like their tendencies and what they're going to throw. Awesome. Great answer. After every game we do play in our league, I always just watch it back to see what I did wrong and what I can improve on every game. But, yeah, that's a great answer. That's good. Okay. So, probably the final question, how was the York Fan Fest tournament and how did your team do? That's a good question. So United Wiffle Ball was awesome. Um, 
it was a lot of fun on Friday night. I got there a little late because I had to teach that day, so I mm-hmm. left late. Um, I didn't get there until like nine o'clock, um, which was okay. I knew it was going to be a late night, but um, uh, my team did really well. We upset the 2021 runner-ups of United Wiffle, the meets. We beat them in the morning. Um, I did pitch that game. It was a lot of fun. Uh, some of my teammates had some really clutch hits that propelled us to the win in extra innings, too, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, we ended up going 2-1 and one in pool play. We lost the number one overall seed 1-0 in our second game. And then we won our third game of the day. And then we ended up playing the meets again one more time. And they got the best of us that time. Um, but one of my teammates that wasn't there, and we weren't expecting him to come, he joined the Army. He ended up coming to play with us. And he played the last inning of our meets game. That's He got out of the car and like came right into that last inning to play. Mm-hmm. Um, he played with us our very first year. And he was amazing so it really hurt not to have him the whole tournament but it was great to see him because we don't get to see him very often anymore yeah great good for you guys but yeah. um sorry about that i for i missed a question and this oh, one's in no. this one's kind of uh this one's just about what was your favorite place to play wiffle ball between oklahoma or the meadows or even your backyard or a place that you played with for wsem uh, it's pretty tough to beat Oklahoma. Um, I will say York is very a uh, unique experience because of all the, the legendary players that you get to play against if you know wiffle ball. Mm-hmm. Um, top of playing in a minor league baseball stadium, which is so cool. Um, but Oklahoma, I would say, is probably the top one just a little bit. Um, having that live crowd, knowing and they all knew who we were, cheering for us, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, like I said in that uh, my last mic'd up session for the Magic game, it felt like a state championship baseball game or um, like an MLB playoff. Like it was loud, um, and there were a lot of people there, which was really cool. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's my number one. Okay, yeah, but um, yeah, that that was that was all the questions that I had. Uh, thanks again for being on the podcast. Good to have you on. Do you have anything to say before you head out? Uh, just thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on the podcast. I'm so happy that what you're doing in Alaska, I think that's the coolest thing ever. I hope your league continues to grow and have success. And if you ever need anything, please reach out. Yeah. Th- thanks again, man. That, that was just awesome. Um, Hey, you're always welcome back on the podcast. So maybe that's something that you could do weekly or something. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Caden. And that'll be it for today, guys. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We just got off of an amazing interview with Caden Irwin. And now I have my co-host with me and my little brother, Scholar Slabinski. Hello. How are you doing, everyone? So um, thanks again, Caden, if you're listening, for being on the podcast. Uh, shout out to the WSEM Wiffleball League and the MLW Wiffleball League. So that was just an awesome experience yeah. um, between just the podcast just a couple seconds ago and the uh, Fan Fest, Skylar. Yes. Um, it, w- it was amazing to get there and play. So uh, let's talk some opinions on the day. Skylar, how was your experience in York, Pennsylvania? Um, It was very good. I loved it. Just meeting. But the one guy who didn't come, 
Dan Schultz. Dan Schultz. Scholar came for one autograph, and he still didn't get it. But anyways, it was an amazing experience getting to meet all these guys that we've been watching for, like, forever. And well, at least I got to see my other favorite. Jordan Robles. Yes. Yeah, but then coming there day two, waking up at 6.30 in the morning, just trying to get down there in time, um, getting to, to watch Caden Irwin start on the mound and Jimmy Norp and all those guys. But uh, they definitely did great. Even even though the MLW guys didn't really have the best record, but um, they, they definitely showed that they were competitors, especially in that one game. Scholar, you weren't there at the time. You were watching a different game against the Avalanche when Ryan Cratch started. He, he did an amazing job on the mound to keep him down to only three runs on and only allow that one home run hit. But it was just an amazing experience getting to meet all these guys. Again, I'll say it. Caden uh, Irwin's all-star squad made it pretty far, as you heard in a couple seconds ago. I didn't get to see the whole the whole day two, um, including the first day of the Fan Fest. Yeah. But I didn't get to see the whole day two because it was just starting to get dark. We had to head back. It was a bit of a drive, but... Just an amazing experience, Scholar. Um, anything to add on to that? Um, it was a really good experience, Hunter. All that you just said is, I would have said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one last shout out. Also, huge thanks to Kane Erwin. I can't say it enough. Thanks for being on the podcast. Um, we also have one more shout out to two kids that I met there. Um, who wanted to start their own league? They wanted to, me to shout them out. So here you go. True and Mikey, who want to start their own wiffle ball league, and also a shout out to the pod, the uh, channel. We came for this for uh, subbing to the Alaska wiffle ball league. It helps a lot, man. So um, thanks for that. Mm-hmm. And now let's get into some of the games that happened recently. Uh, the Eagles were featured in both. So let's just talk about the Ducks Eagles game first, Skylar. What what are some thoughts in that? I mean, it was really good. It was really good. I mean, I feel bad for the Ducks. They they actually played pretty hard. I I feel like I feel like the Ducks did an amazing job. Like they she, she didn't give up for the whole entire game. Yeah. Like not even once. She didn't even hang hang her head. She was just there to try and dominate. And hey. Those Quack Attack fans. Oh, do you remember when she, like, threw three straights? She she struck you out three times in a row. I know. It was crazy. And also the two bald eagles flying over the field that was as you crazy. struck her out. That was amazing. But if you haven't seen this video, I tell you, go check it out. It was, It's called uh, Ducks, Ducks, Eagles, uh, Straussound Sandlock game. Go check that out right now. Yeah. Um. It, it was just an amazing experience. And let's go over to the second game you played that day. Eagles Wolfpack. The Wolfpack were, hey, we were able to clinch it. And sadly for the Eagles, they had a one-run lead going into the last inning. They, you, you had an amazing comeback. Yeah. And I, and that one reviewed play, like e- even even Anthony Slabinski was saying, no, that that's a strike three. But we both heard the foul tip, so we decided to review it, and that would have been possibly might 
have been the end of your comeback and you wouldn't even have a chance of coming back if that was not fouled away. But good job making contact for that whole game. Um, oh, I thought my performance was okay other than the last inning giving up all those runs. Um, but hey, it, it ended up being a it ended up being a way better video than I thought with the walk off single in the end. But um, so a bit of a a bit of a tough game. But hey, you got you you gotta you gotta live with it. You have to live with the wins and losses. Do the best you can and hope you win. But now it's in an interesting situation. Now you do not control your future in this year's playoffs. Other teams do. So we'll find out what happens. But thank you for listening today, guys. Subscribe to the Alaska Wiffle Ball League channel, and we'll see you next time.